Hello, this is Mark Mowry, Chief Investment Officer of Statera Asset Management, and these are my notes for this month. These past few weeks, I'm hearing and reading a good bit more often phrases that amount to, this is nuts, when's the crash? Sources cited for the supposed nuttiness include last month's GameStop drama, the quickening pace of gains among cryptocurrencies, rising concerns with regard to the implications of bipartisan government largesse, seemingly unchecked monetary policy, the potential emergence of yet another, perhaps more deadly and communicable COVID strain, another season of questionable gains in housing prices, stories of children gambling on investable markets. Well, you get the picture. There's lots to worry about. But it would seem to many that prices in a range of investable markets don't reflect those worries, which begs the question, when will markets crash upon the realization that the world is at a uniquely scary moment? And more pressing, how might I avoid it? In response, I must failingly offer only that I have no idea when the next crash will come, and it will, but that I too share those concerns. Not, however, because of any specific item among those that I just offered, or any concern that I didn't list for that matter. After all, there's rarely been a moment in history when someone couldn't have made a list just like the one that I did. In fact, I actually take a bit of comfort in knowing that while we can interpret more than a good bit of euphoria in recent market activity, we also seem far from a moment in which everyone shares in that euphoria. Still, in my role, I must be concerned about market risk, and that's because I must care about the potential for any such concerns to disrupt markets. And I actually don't really worry about the disruption per se. See, it's, it's not the disruption that's top of mind, it's the reaction our clients might have to such disruptions. To explain why that's so, I'll start by firmly stating that any expected market dislocation due to the recognition of presumed market nuttiness is easy to avoid. Just don't be invested. Unfortunately, that approach almost assuredly means that long-term expected financial outcomes might be less favorable. To find return, that is, we must be invested. And up through the middle of last month, before this latest modest downturn, were one to have invested in the U.S. stock market at any point in history, one would have seen a positive return on that investment. As we wrote in this month's commentary, the longer the investment time horizon, the more likely one would have seen a positive return. Looked at the opposite way, though, the shorter the time horizon, the more likely one might have been to have lost money in U.S. equity market investments. Unfortunately, most of us have an investment time frame somewhat different than forever, since there have been many times in the past when investment outcomes over the short and medium term have been less than favorable. We believe a proper investment plan integrates an understanding of the sorts of volatility we might experience between now and our own personal forevers. But that's only the practical side of incorporating potential market volatility into an investment plan. We must also acknowledge the different ways we each experience market volatility. The regular ups and downs investment markets present can be a source of discomfort. The irregular volatility, such as that which we experienced in the earlier part of 2020, can be a source of great distress. So we think it's best also to tailor an investment approach to an individual's desire to take on investment risk outside of his or her notional ability to do so. Tying those two threads together, we think an optimal approach targets a portfolio that assumes a theoretically comfortable level of market risk that aligns with an expected investment time horizon. That approach also involves a regular review both of comfort with market risk and of investment time horizons to ensure, much as one might, proper fit with financial plans as they evolve. Following that approach, we have found, helps investors with another critical aspect of successful investing, sticking to an investment plan. 
The worst decisions we see investors make involve changes to an approach just at the point when otherwise sticking to it seems to be the most uncomfortable. This sticking to it includes persevering market downturns, staying true to a well-reasoned methodology that might not yet have worked so well, and avoiding the crowds chasing faddish trends with little rationale outside of, well, they've gone up, haven't they? Which brings us back to the discussion about the present state of markets. There sure seem to be more than a few folks who have fallen into that latter bit of chasing things that have gone up. Almost assuredly, this chapter of market romance will find some sort of close. How dramatic that ending will be, of course, remains to be seen. As uncertain is the number of pages left to turn. Meantime, we think it's best to remain as emotionally uninvested as possible in the story, even as we otherwise stay as comfortably invested as manageable in the context of our personal financial wherewithal and goals. Importantly, past performance is not indicative of future results. The foregoing commentary is not presented as an investment recommendation. The approach described may not be right for everyone. No one listening to this commentary should take our comments as advice specific to or appropriate for their individual situations. Individual circumstances should be taken into consideration when determining a suitable investment approach. All investing carries risk. <laughs>